Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a Welcome to the Dork Forest. I'm Jackie Cation. I am your host of the Dork Forest. You probably know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. We're all over iTunes and whoever has downloaded it and repurposed it for whatever your needs. That's right. So feel free to review the show on iTunes. Uh, feel free to email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns. Anyway, uh, let's do the credits. Mike Rickbert composed and sang that song you just heard. He sang it with his wife, Sarah. He'll sing again his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio, and Vilmos does my website. Okay, there are many ways to support the show. Let's talk about them. The easiest way is just to tell other people about the show and follow me on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat at Jackie Cation and tell people uh word of mouth, word of mouth. Another way to support the show financially doesn't cost you anything is the Amazon banner. On JackieCation.com, there's an Amazon banner under support the show. And on dorkforest.com, there's just an Amazon link that takes you to Amazon. And both take you to Amazon. You order like normal, and the show gets a little bit of a kickback. doesn't cost you extra. It's just a way, if you order from Amazon, to help the show. More direct way of helping the show, you can uh, give money to the show via PayPal. There's a PayPal button under the Support the Show page on JackieCation.com, and there's a PayPal button on dorkforest.com. You can donate directly. If you want to give monthly, I haven't made that easy. I don't have a monthly setup. Uh, I know that it's easy. Uh, I just don't have any time to do it. So you have to remember every month that you like the show and then give me money. So uh, I'll use it wisely on audio cables and chocolate, whatever. Uh, another way to support the show, if you don't like PayPal, is people have been Venmoing me money. I'll take it. That seems lovely. Jackie at JackieCation.com. It's just under JackieCation. So whatever. If you have listened to all 600 and whatever episodes of the Dork Forest and would like more Dork Forest, there are premium episodes, probably a dozen of them. And they are, in the last couple of years, if I do a live episode, it usually costs me some money. So I have been putting them up on Bandcamp and they cost money. They cost two bucks a pop. But if you go to the dorkforest.bandcamp.com, you can see those different shows. They're usually live episodes around the world. And there is also a four four stories on a on a sort of a handmade storytelling album that I made over there too and those are just a buck each. So if you want to go to Bandcamp, you can do that as well. You can order merch on jackiecation.com. There are shirts and CDs and a DVD of my stand up. There's the stand up CDs Circus People. It's never going to be bread. This will make an excellent horcrux and my brand new album, I am not the hero of this story. And they're all available as CDs on JackieCation.com. They're all available digitally on Amazon and iTunes. And you can just listen to them on Pandora and Spotify and whatever. So, but if you like hard copies, let me know if you want them signed or not. Um, there's also a DVD of the Horcrux album, which is video. That's what a DVD is. And you can download that at ComedyFilmNerds.com if you just like a download. Okay, there are shirts. There's my stand-up shirt, Spooky Reading Girl. There's also two Dork Forest t-shirts. There's the Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt, and there is a Dork Forest logo shirt. And all the shirts are made in the United States, union-made, so they run a little big because they're made by Americans. Other than that, my stand-up is available on the website, on JackieCation.com. You can watch my Conan sets. You can watch a bunch of different stand-up sets. You can, and then you can see what my schedule's like. Enough of this. Let's get into the show. It's a really good one. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room with Mike Drucker, you guys. Great comic. Uh, enjoy uh, the works. Hello. Thank you for having me. Sure. It's at Mike, Dr- Mike Drucker, D-R-U-C-K-E-R. That's right. Like Trucker on Twitter. And then at Mike Drucker is dead on Instagram. That's right. And your website points to your Twitter right now. Right. Right, right. now it does. But you can go to MikeDrucker.com and still get to my Twitter. So Right. So there's that. <laughs> that goes it's it's for that it. easy. It's that easy. <laughs> it's that easy to find me on the internet. Don't exactly. even Google. Don't even, don't even try. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> 
I know. It's so, uh, the, the internet, it isn't that hard. No. It's so, and, you know, I mean, granted, we've been using it for a decade. Remember when the internet was hard? Like, remember mm-hmm. when you had to, like, go through a process and, like, figure things out and, like. Right, right. It's, it's sort of like, you know, how, like, Apple always says that their, their phones are intuitive. Right. You're like, no. No, they're intuitive after you learn how to use them. Now we know the internet. Yeah, now we know the internet. It's fun. It's sort of like when we also see like news stories still like with people who are like, oh, and like, you know, the internet's a crazy place. I'm like, we've had it for like 25 years now. Like we (laughs) we have to stop treating it like it's like this new baby. Right. That nobody knows how to handle. (laughs) It's uh, and yet people... People don't. <laughs> People don't know how to handle it they for don't. some reason. And we get, and, and I think we just get sucked in more and more. Yeah. I've, I've decided uh, after uh, we record, I may have to step away yeah. from the screen. So what the heck? It's uh, But we're going to dork out because it's Dork Forest. And I was like, what do you like? Yeah. And uh, you said virtual reality. Yeah. Um, that that spins off of the whole internet thing. It does. Because, yeah. What is that, what are you defining virtual reality as? Um, I'm defining it as sort of what you'd think the you know the helmet and the sort of immersive environment with usually a game controller or two of those little touch controllers. Right. Um, I've been obsessed with it since I was a kid. Uh, since I was like a little kid, I remember the mall that we had near me, the Coral Square Mall. If any of you are from Where? South Florida, uh, Coral Springs, Florida. Oh, there we go. Um, which is a dying mall, but. Uh, they had like this like virtual reality thing for like five dollars. You could have like five minutes in this really bad virtual reality video game called Dactyl Nightmare. <laughs> and if you see it now, it looks like it looks like that old music video. Uh, what is that old that old music video that was in that was like computer animated and like everyone freaked out about it. Then Weird Al did a parody of it in oh, UHF. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, no, not on uh, me. No, no, not take on me. It was the one where it's like money for nothing. Oh. Well, you know, it's always fun. (laughs) It just gets around it. It's always great to ask me about music. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bad at music, too. I just remember the music video. And anyway, so it's really crappy 3D animation and like... It it's I've watched I watched YouTube video of it recently and it's terrible. Right. But as like a little kid trying it out, it was like so amazing to be immersed in a video game. And so I was obsessed with it. And I remember like I went to Disney World once and Disney World had like this like Aladdin's flying carpet thing you could do in virtual reality at it. Well, because it's like, you know, when you turn your head left or right, like, you know, it moves with you. You were wearing a helmet of some sort? You're wearing a helmet of some sort, yeah. Okay. So more like so did you like Tron as a child? I like the idea of Tron. Sure. I, like I like like to me the idea that you could be like transported into another world um was a very uh it's still compelling appealing. thing. Yeah. It's still appealing. Yes. So I was so like as a kid I was like this is this is the future I want. And I was so obsessed with it and I I bought like one of those Nintendo Virtual Boys which was terrible. When was that? That was uh I think the Virtual Boy must have come out in 1995 because okay. they 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 I, and I spent like all of my like birthday savings money from like, like all of your money yeah like all yeah. of my child monies <laughs> on it and it was terrible it was terrible but the idea for me like of like something that can like take you out of this world and transport you somewhere else has always been so compelling that I now as an adult own um four vir- if you if you include like Google cardboard like four virtual reality headsets wow okay yeah. so and do any of them interact with the big consoles or yeah well i have the playstation vr okay which, which is which is like there's there's three big ones there's three like big names right now which is the uh the vive which is made by htc and uh vive v-i-v-e v-i-v-e and, and that's H- sort of and what, what's htc famous for um they made a phone okay i'm sure they're famous for other stuff but i know right, them for like the, for being a phone thing yeah okay and uh so that's like the highest end one that's like 800 bucks and you need a pretty good computer to run it and then right below it is the oculus uh which i got because i've kickstarted their campaign so i got like the development kit one and then i got like the main one for free yeah um that's sort of like your mid-range one the problem with oculus um is the company is a mess it was sued by another company because one of their guys basically stole all their secrets, and they they won the lawsuit, so Oculus oh, paid out. It's, okay. it's owned by Facebook, so it has this weird large corporate backing, but on the other hand, it's suffered all these defeats. And their founder, Palmer Lucky, is this kind of like a weirdo dude who like – Who's named Palmer Lucky. He's That's named Palmer Paul. Lucky, and he's yeah. also kind of like – you know, politics aside, he was kind of like – he was kind of – he was he was like – he bragged about being a Trump supporter, which fine, whatever, and it got – blown out of proportion like he donated money to this like dumb memes against hillary campaign right which was ultimately very lame and i don't think he donated that much money and he's kind of a dipshit am i allowed to swear 
Yeah. Okay, he's kind of a dipshit, but you also even have to, you can even cut out kind of. <laughs> he's, he's a dipshit, but he was kind of like blown out of proportion this way, where they made him like a super villain. When it was really he was like your annoying conservative uncle who just ran a tech company. Right. He's well. There's these 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 old guys that are owned tech companies now. Right. Who are now in their fifties and sixties. Right. And you're like. Oh, but you turned into a weird dude in his 50s and 60s. Yeah. How did you do – why did that happen? That shouldn't have happened. You were like on the cutting edge of being – like you were going to help everybody with right. your tech knowledge. And now you're my weird Uncle Greg. And I don't like it. I, I, I – you know what I think it is? I think like whenever I visit my dad in Florida, his friends are all kind of Republican-y people, which again is fine. But the thing that everyone <laughs> says to me is always like, oh, you'll be a Republican once you make money. And I think that there is like a segment of that population. Like well, once you that have happens. A, a lot of money, you're like, yeah. oh, wait, no, I need, I want to keep all of this. Right. Right. And how, and how can we justify it? Right. It's, um, yeah, I've always been both a giant capitalist and a huge pinky. pinky right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's been very hard. And plus my dad was, he always, he always gave, uh, like lip service to the Republicans. Right. But he's, nobody's more pragmatist than my dad because my right. father has, he has had a lot of money and then he has had no money. Because right. My father's a big fan of spending money when you have money and then going and finding more money. And you're like, I don't think that's how Republicans think. No, and that's that's how my family is too. Like it's very like, you know, I remember as a kid once we we talked to my dad's Jewish. My the my father's side of the family's Jewish and we talked to my grandfather and we were like, "Hey, how come like we have no money and we're not successful as a family?" And he was just like we're not that type of Jew. And I was like, okay, Grandpa, thank you very That's much. such a class. We were told we weren't that type of Armenian. Right, exactly. We're not that kind of Armenian. Like, I think we're not that kind of human. It's because uh, it's, uh, I'm sure there's rich Irish people. Right, exactly. Um, but uh, so... Okay, no. so it's Oculus. Oh, yeah. It's still owned by Facebook? It's still owned by Facebook. And Lucky's still working for him? Uh, he recently quit. Okay. Um, but I mean, he had got like a huge, like $700 million no, like, no. deal. He's not living check He's to fine. Check. He's fine. Let's not worry about Palmer Lucky. He's guys. fine. And then, so Oculus Vive. And then, uh, so, so those are the, the, so like, uh, Vive is like the big sort of $800 like $800 one. $800 one. How much o- is an Oculus one if you wanted to buy the nice one now? Like 600 oh, then Still very expensive. Still very expensive. Then PlayStation VR is about 400 um, Okay. And it's still expensive, but, and so PlayStation VR is the lowest end one of the big three. That said, it's also, it's got kind of like the best game support. It works with PlayStation stuff. Like it's the easiest to put on. It's the most comfortable to wear. It's oh, the, really? Yeah. It's the like, the way like, it's, it's sort of like oddly the cheapest one in terms of quality, but also like when you're showing people, it's got the easiest comfort controls. And also because it works with the PlayStation, it's the easiest to like put a controller in someone's hand and they already know how to operate a PlayStation. So it's not right. like teaching them a new, Technical yeah. language. Oh, that's the worst thing in the world yeah. is trying to p- learn an, a, a new button configuration. Quite exactly. Honestly. So, okay. So it's got those advantages, yeah. but what makes it not as good? Sort of the graphics? The graphics the aren't chip? as good. The graphics aren't as good. Uh, the head tracking's not as good. So, oh, okay. So it's a little easier to get nauseous because both of the, both the Oculus and the Vive use multiple sensors. Sort of like placed maybe like around the room or on a desk in front of you. So it's sort of like when you move your head, you have two different sensors tracking you. And the PlayStation uses the PlayStation camera, which is older technology. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's almost like the PlayStation VR, they box together. They're like, here's all this shit that we're not using. Nobody's buying the PlayStation camera. (laughs) Nobody's using these PlayStation 3 move controllers. We have the PlayStation camera. Right, exactly. (laughs) If we box it all together, then you can use the VR with it. Mm -hmm. And so it uses this old technology. So, like, you know, you have a little more of that, like, little wiggle. I don't know how much VR you've tried. Isn't that the PlayStation camera? That thing on top? Or, no, that, is, or is that the Wii? That's the Wii. That's the Wii camera. Okay. That's the, that's the Wii thing. But it's similar to that. Like, it mounts on top of your TV, which is inconvenient if you have a Wii thing. Like, I have this weird, ugly configuration on top of my TV where I have, like, the Wii thing to the left and the PlayStation camera to the right. Ah. Which makes not it... not stacked on top of Right, other, exactly. Which might have been better. Well, our PlayStation 3 just died. Uh. And uh, Andy worked for PlayStation when it first came out. Oh, yeah? PS3. And so... Uh, that's how old it was, and we couldn't believe that it lasted this long. Right. The first PlayStation 3, and so we haven't bought a PS4 yet. Uh, but, um, and so they haven't upgraded the camera to go with the PS4 yet? They haven't upgraded the camera. Like, the, the form factor is different. Like, they, like, put it in a new plastic shell that looks more futury, but oh, it's the, the packaging. same. Yeah, the packaging's different. <laughs> um, but that said, as much as it's a technical pain, like, there's a lot of good games for it, and it's super easy to set up, and, you know, it's just more. Can comfortable. you use the the like the Oculus or the Vive with the PlayStation Three? No, 
Okay, that's well. Then that th- right. there's a huge problem there, right? Exactly. So, because if you get the fanciest of all headsets, right. you want to be able to use it across platforms. Exactly, and unfortunately, to use the Oculus or the Vive, you sort of need a high power computer. Oh, so, okay. along with spending eight hundred dollars, you're probably spending another three grand or something. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it could pro- probably a thousand. Okay, it doesn't need to be like that big of a computer, but. It's definitely not your, like, $200 go to Staples and pick up a machine thing. Oh, okay. You know um, what I mean? Well, here, I just bought a new laptop, and I w- could not believe, this is the nicest fucking laptop I've yeah. ever had in my life. I've usually gotten somebody's old $200 laptop. Um, so this was, and it was $800. Yeah. And it is, it's po- probably powerful enough to run this? It, it could be, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. I run mine on a laptop, so... Okay, and what do you play on it? I play, uh, let's see. With I mean, the saddest thing is I'll, I'll sometimes just, like, watch Netflix. <laughs> like, sometimes I'll just, like, have a giant screen in front of me and, like, sit in my room and watch Netflix. Um, because the screen is in the helmet. The screen is in the helmet. And, yes. it's, it's, it, and it moves with you, so it's not like you turn your head and the whole screen's moving. It's almost like being in a movie theater. But you have to be st- stationary. Um, with the Oc- you don't like with the Oculus and the Vive, even the PlayStation VR, you can move a bit. Like you move forward, back. No, no but you couldn't like have the movie on and also do something. No, you could. Okay, so that's when well, you're committed to watching the movie if you're right. watching Netflix via your Oculus. Exactly. And Vive. Although you can do something called uh, there's a program called Virtual Desktop where you can have like almost like imagine you're floating in space, then you just have the desktop of your computer open as this giant screen. Yeah, and you could feasibly multitask with that. The problem is, is that you know. You can't see your hands at the keyboard or... Right. So, you're, like, unless you're very good at knowing exactly... typing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you don't need the number pad. Exactly. <laughs> um, That's fascinating. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. So, so, um, so you're watching... So, on the big ones, what are the great games on PS3? PS3? Uh, the, the, the or great, the PlayStation? Uh, the great PlayStation games are... Um, there's a game called uh, Static, which is fun, which is sort of like a puzzle game where your hands are... You're holding the regular controller, but it looks like when you're viewing it, your hands are trapped in a puzzle box, and each button on your controller does something different on the puzzle. Oh, to figure out a puzzle? Right, and you have to, like, look around the room for clues, and it's almost like there's a lot of those, you know, um, you know those popular, like, trapped in the room? room. Escape room. It's like like an escape room, but a video game? Exactly. And there's a lot of those. There's one called uh, I Expect You to Die, which is, like, every (laughs) level sort of like a James Bond-style escape room. So it's like, okay, you're in this, you're locked in a car that's about to, like... You know, not explode, but you're locked in a car that's inside an airplane, and you got to figure out how to escape from that. Right, right. And so I, I've done an episode of Escape Rooms yeah. on the Dork Forest, and um, other people want to do them as well. Yeah. And the thing about the your dorkdom is yeah. is it you have VR, someone else could do VR, it'd be fine. Right. So because everybody has a different perspective of how much they love it, so <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> so, of course. Yeah, but I love the idea of of virtual escape rooms. Yeah. Because. I don't know. I sit around more. Yeah. There's a lot of sitting around in my life. <laughs> you can, and you sit around, you can do it in your own home. And, yeah. But it's still immersive the way like escape rooms are where it's like you're looking around for clues. You know what I mean? Like where you're can like, you okay. Can you play online with others maybe? Yeah. There's there's a game that uh, is coming out tomorrow called Star Trek Bridge Crew. What? And, and, and there's four different players. Each person has to use VR and each person has a different role on the the bridge of, yeah. of the ship. Yeah. And you can design what you look like. You can be like, you know, like it does, it's, you can be classic characters, but you can also be like, okay, I want to like look like. So it's a little LARPy. It's a little LARPy. Yeah. And like you have a microphone. So you're like, if you're the captain, you're like, you know, shields up and someone's job is to put shields up and like, or follow that or like, you know, run away from that. And I've played a couple times just at different events. And right, it's like a, E3 or whatever. Right. Or, yeah. And it's, and it's sort of like, it's like a board game in that like when everyone's committed, it's the most fun you have. Yeah. And as soon as someone's not committed, you're like, all right. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you can't get anything done. Right, exactly. Right. So, And that was a PS3 game, too, or PS4 it's, it's game? It's cross-platform, so you could buy it for Vive and play against PS4. You could, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, you could put it on your computer. Right, you could put it on your computer and play against someone who has it on their PlayStation. Or you have your awesome. PlayStation if your friends have it on their computer. It's really fun. Um, and it's also a cool use of VR just because, like, again, like you're like looking around and like everything is... You're like on the ship, so you can sort of let yourself go and feel that experience. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah, that. Okay, it's definitely cool. Yeah, that there there might be a reason to right. Yeah, and then also what I what I liked about that to like di- divert into Star Trek a little bit is I'm one of those people where I'm not a massive Star Trek fan, but I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, and to me, there's that, been like, nothing to like lately. Right. Exactly. It's and it's been a lot of Star Wars movies packaged as Star Trek movies. Right. 
And they're great Star Wars movies. Right. I like, you know, I mean, I like an action movie, but I, I want Star Trek. And that's what it feels like. It feels, it has that Star Trek feel of being oh, on good. like a fancy submarine, kind of in the way where you're like, okay, everyone's got to roll. Everyone be cool. We're going to like get through this. We're going to run out of air, you guys. Right. Exactly. That's a, that's always the, the submarine plot. Yeah. And, and we're going to run out of air. We're going to run out of air. Yeah. And nobody ever does that in space. Right. So they, they jam people out the locks, you know, <laughs> out the airlocks, but that's about it. Right. They never think, oh, there's a leak. <laughs> or, or like our oxygen processors off. Right. Yeah, that's never a plot. It's never a plot. That should always be a plot. Yeah. Even though I would think that probably I would, that would become a trope and become super lame. Right. So yeah, maybe it shouldn't be a plot. Maybe they are correct to have it not be a plot. Of course. All right, Harlan Ellison. Fine. We get it. We get it. We see what Fine. you've done there. Okay. So, um, oh wow. We're, we're plugging right along here. Great. It's, uh, it is great. Uh, so. What so that those are your right now those are your kind of favorite games? Those or? are my favorite games. I've been playing a game called Super Hot VR, which is a shooter where oh. it's like a first person shooter, but it only moves when you move. So it makes you feel very it almost has and saying matrixy is now very dated, but it has a matrixy feel because you'll kill someone and then they'll drop their gun, but since they only move when you move, you can like plan ahead and go, Okay, I'm gonna catch his gun, stop, see this oh. person's coming, point over there as he's moving, shoot. Everything stops and you're like, okay, look over there. Someone's that way. And it, 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 it has that you're, bullet time feel, but it feels like you control everything. Right. It's very time travel-y. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. The Matrix is the best example. Exactly. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's such a dated reference, but, but everyone's seen it. Everyone's seen it. It's also a dated reference. Casablanca. Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, Casablanca. What a dated reference. <laughs> right. Nerds. Nerds with you and your gun with the wind reference. <laughs> and, uh, so, um, well, that's interesting. Have yeah. you read any of these virtual reality books? Um, I mean, like, I read, like, William Gibson stuff as, like, a teenager. Yeah. Did you read Ready Player One? I did. I did. And it and it's sort of like, there are times when everything's working perfectly when you're like, yeah, I'm in Ready Player One. Yeah. And then there's times when, like, your VR system, like, will lose track of where your hands are. And, like, suddenly your hand's across the room and you're like, oh, we are a long way away. From Ready Player One. Right. I'm, well, and that's, I mean, the the... The tech has to catch up. I mean, I remember, and I've told this story before on the Dark Force, but it's my fate. One of my favorite ideas for a, sh- a story, right? A video game was in 1984 or five. I'm in college, and there was a time travel, yeah, um, video game, and it was it was set up like a tabletop, and it had a bubble, and it. Oh, projected- I know exactly what you're that it made by Sega, and it had a little hologrammy type people. Yeah, 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 and it didn't work. It never it worked. Almost worked. I know exactly what you're talking worked, about. And I would shove just. Tens of dollars, which in 1984 was a great deal of money right. for me, into this thing going, I need this to freaking, I mean, and Dragon's Lair almost worked, yeah. right? Dragon's Lair was the laser disc one that wasn't VR and it wasn't 3D and right. it wasn't anything. It was just beautiful. It was a cartoon. It was a cartoon that you got to control right. and you were like, but it was all memorization. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I, I want, but the tech wasn't ready for the virtual reality video game. Right. Or in, in the case of the time travel thing, the, the projected hologram. Right. Because I would like to play, it's sort of like laser tag, but how great would it be to be immersed in a virtual reality video game where you're standing there? Yeah. And it, it's not that, right? I mean, you're still controlling it with your hands, right? You're still controlling it with your hands, but like... You have a character in that first-person shooter, Yeah, right? you have a character in that first-person shooter. They haven't done, like, a good multiplayer shooter yet that I know of, but it is it is, it is, is sort of like, especially when you use the hand controllers, it is. it does have that feel of, like, okay, like, I'm grabbing a gun and I'm, like, shooting it the way you'd, like, imagine shooting a gun. Yeah, so, um, but you are reaching out with your hand. You're reaching out with your hand to grab things and throw things. Okay. It's it's it, it when it works it's very cool. And what's the perspective? Are you in your own body or are you seeing like a bird's eye view? You're in your it's... own body. Okay. So you can't really see yourself. You can't really see yourself. Can you change the camera perspective to see what you'd look like? Um not in that game. There are uh, other games that let you do that. Like, yeah, like but you're mostly in your own person anyway. Yeah. Fascinating. It's great. It's yeah. a lot of fun. So what about the cardboard one? Is that worthwhile? The cardboard one is I think a fun demo for like if you want to like show like people really quick like a roller coaster it's kind of cool um they've tried making games for it the problem is is that one phone resolutions when they're up to your face you still get that screen door effect which you also get on these headsets still you still get that like i can see the individual pixels okay but on a phone it's very pronounced okay um and because like you because there's no standardized controller option for phones yet a lot of games just work on movement 
so like there's not like a lot of like okay like it's strapped to your head and now i'm like i have a controller and i'm gonna shoot this and do complicated inputs a lot of games are just like all right look to your left and like whatever you're looking at you're shooting you know it doesn't have that same um, right immersive quality but yeah, yeah. but it's a cool demo like and google cardboard's like 14 bucks and it's like a cool thing to like you know like i've like shown my mom like a roller coaster in 3d just by her holding like a phone in a box to her head, which yeah. is a very weird futuristic thing. Right, right. And she's been like, oh my God, this is cool. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Greg Proops' podcast this week, uh, I digress yeah. regularly. So, uh, but his podcast this week, the image is of the New York, um, casino in Vegas. Yeah. With the, with the roller coaster around it. Have you ever ridden that roller coaster? No, not that one. It is the great, speaking of virtual reality, it literally feels like you were taking a roller coaster through the Upper West Side and Midtown. Oh, that's crazy. It's crazy because if you can keep your eyes open, and sometimes I don't. Right. With, roller coasters are scary. So, uh, but if you can't, <laughs> you're just like, you're swooping around the Empire State Building and you're like, this would be like if we lived in the Fifth Element. Right. And, uh, and so it was, um, so I wrecked, I mean, I don't even know if it's still there. I, I, I actually think that that roller coaster might be done. Of course. But, um, but if it is still there and you're ever in Las Vegas, my condolences, but get on that, <laughs> uh, get on that roller coaster. Six Flags just added a VR roller coaster that's a real roller coaster, but you are a headset for the whole ride. Oh, weird. Yeah. Uh, Six Flags, the one in California. I forget what it's called. Someone uh, was telling me about the it. The one up by Valencia? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, Magic Mountain. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Oh, uh, so they, it's it's like a real ride. You're physically moving, but you wear a headset for the whole thing to like see different things. Right? Because uh, like I, I've been I've been to Universal uh, a, more often than ever in my whole life since I moved here. Yeah, and um, and they have a lot of virtual reality rides. Yeah, that are like the Simpsons roller coaster ride. Yeah, have you done that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so but that's weird that they'd have it both be physical and VR. I know. It's, I haven't tried it you yet. You haven't I've, tried it yet. I'm, I'm okay. interested in yeah, it, Yeah, to, to figure out what that is. Right. Uh, I, By the way, little reminder, folks, uh, I'm talking to Mike Drucker, and it's at Mike Drucker on Twitter and at Mike Drucker is dead on Instagram. Yep. And um, so this will uh, – I forget when this will come out. Probably the end of June. Oh, sweet. So I don't know what comedy you're doing. Uh, are you doing anything that the the world should know about or they should just follow your Twitter? Um, You know what? I – Around then, I wrote for the latest season of a show called Adam Ruins Everything. Oh, yeah. And that'll be coming out around then, so watch that. Watch that. That's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing that people like. Yeah. Uh, and if you get a chance, there's a, a weird uh, room that does stand-up comedy in the shadow of Magic Mountain. Oh, yeah? At a Marie Callender's pie shop. Uh, they have uh, – why wouldn't there be? That's Of course. Stand-up. Why wouldn't there be? It, it's called JR's, yeah. and it's it's essentially – it's, of course, it's just a bar – but it's its own room in yeah. a Marie Calendars, and they, they, it fits like 60 or 70 people. So um, it's actually a really fun room. I haven't done it in a couple of years, but uh, if you're ever looking to do a <laughs> weird weekend set, allow me to hook you up. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, so yeah, what else? Are there Nintendo games? There are no Nintendo games for it, although people have back-engineered emulators for like like people you know there's like gamecube emulators on computer where they play out games and people have back engineered it so you can play like metroid prime in virtual reality or like they set it up so like oh wow yeah what is metroid prime metroid prime was a game for the gamecube which was like the first metroid game in 3d uh and it was like a first person shooter but you know it's just on a screen yeah and so fans have gone in and modded it so you can now play it in virtual reality i haven't tried it yet because my computer for some reason, doesn't run the program Dolphin, which is the GameCube emulator. It doesn't run it that well. Okay. But if I had a more powerful computer, I'd definitely play that. When you keep saying more powerful, are you talking about the video card or are you talking about the 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 speed processor or a little bit of everything? Okay, my computer just is needs to be faster and fa- and bigger. Yeah, more RAM, faster. Uh, my computer is about three years old, and when I got it, it was a very top of the line thing that I sort of rewarded myself after. A grueling work schedule. Sure. And now, like, it's that thing where you you're like, I'll never need to buy another computer. And then, like, <laughs> like three years later, I'm like, ah, oh, right. Well, I I can't buy a new computer yet because it's only been three years. But in a year, I'll definitely convince myself to buy a new computer. Right, right. Because it's a it's a it's a pretty nice computer. It right. just isn't the nicest computer. It, it isn't the nice. It can't do everything. So now, like, I'm right. jealous of other computers. And would a new computer that's the nicest would it really cost twelve hundred dollars? Um, it probably costs like twelve hundred dollars. I mean, like for so what it, I need, and, yeah. And and you could probably maybe you could get three or four hundred dollars for this old right. one, right? Exactly. But you couldn't get five, probably. I probably couldn't get five. Yeah. 
Um, it's That's also a very drag. weird look. It's also like this weird South Korean company called Aorus, which makes great computers, but they look really bad. Oh, really? So it's like, it's Is it like, like what Hyundai's used to look like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like this like, weird clunky design. It's, it's definitely function over form, but when, yeah. when selling it, it definitely looks like, it looks like a computer from 1987. Okay. Um, but Which it if, works great. If you want, if you're into retro. Right. That's, uh, sure. Yeah. And, uh, uh, if you got a brand new computer right now, what would it be? Oh, uh, man. Uh, I'd, I, like, you'd have I, to do research, probably. I mean, I'd probably build my own computer because I have more of a steady life now. So, like, I always used to buy laptops just because I was always moving a lot. Okay. Um, but Where'd you come from? I came from New York. <laughs> okay. So. I mean, I came from Florida, then moved to New York, then right. moved to Seattle, then San Francisco, then back to New York, now to LA. And did you do stand up in New York, Seattle, and San Francisco? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, all right. Because we have only recently met. Yeah. And I have only recently uh, received the joy of seeing your stand up. Oh, thank comedy. you. Thank you. So, uh, but, and it's a delight, oh. by the way. So knock yourselves out, Americans. Please, please um, view me. Please. Yes. <laughs> Is that how you say that? <laughs> please observe me. Watch this. I need attention. Space. Watch this. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, you want to, um, did you ever, have you ever read Off to Be the Wizard? I own it. I own it on audiobook and I haven't listened to it yet. I, uh, have read it and it was, uh, it was given to me that and the follow up. Uh, I haven't read the follow up yet. Yeah. There's three of them. And, um, I quite honestly started having nightmares, uh, <laughs> Where I woke up and I could see pixels in the side of my bedroom. Oh man. So that's I was great. Like, uh, well done author. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I can read the second one because <laughs> <laughs> creep factor 12. And, uh, but the, and, and it starts out slow. So, uh, the first book, it took me the first, I'd say 80 pages. Yeah. And, but it, once 80 pages in, I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. And then I consumed the rest of it in one, uh, giant gulp and then, uh, got a really bad cold and kept thinking to myself, if I could just access my program, right. I could fix this cold. And, uh, so you, you have it, but you haven't. Uh-huh. I recommend it. It's great. Yeah. Uh, especially if you don't mind being slightly unnerved by the big picture. I'm okay with that. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, the thing is, is it's well done. Right. There's, there's books that, that, that do that, that, um, that still haunt me. There's a prayer for Owen Meany. Oh, I haven't read that. It's, um, not Grisham. What's his name? He wrote Cider House Rules and, oh. and Garp. Oh, I don't know. Uh, World According to Garp. And, um, and, uh, and he, people are yelling it, uh, at their <laughs> devices. Right. right people now. are very mad right now. Right. They'll and tweet at both the, of us. The, every, I know you guys. Let me just say that. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I've never read any of the rest yeah. of them because a prayer for Owen Meany, re- I still have occasional nightmares about it. So, um, the, uh, uh, in other words, it's amazing. He's an amazing writer. Get out there. And, um, and then read Ready Player One. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was, you read that. I read that, yeah. And that was super, and that was just fun. That was super fun. It was very, you know, it reminded me of The Last Starfighter. Yeah. Like, it's very similar to The Last Starfighter. But also, I'm like, okay, great, fine. I like the Last Starfighter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I own the Last Starfighter. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, matter of fact, after I read, I think I watched it. Right. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, and of course, it has Preston in it. Yeah. So, um, uh, I love Victor Victoria too. I, I own that so as good. well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've weeded us off enough. It's uh, so what? So what? Nintendo? Do you have you always been? I've always been a fan of Nintendo. I also worked at Nintendo for two years as a localization writer. But since what I was is a, that uh, localization writer is uh, basically your job is to work with a Japanese translator and make the best possible version of the game in another language that keeps the vision of the original Japanese. And, oh, and so I don't speak Japanese, but I'd be paired with a translator and I would work with that translator and we'd talk to the developer and like, you know, ask the developer what they mean by this or like, you know, right, right. this makes sense. And they'd come back to us. And also like at Nintendo, the localization department includes everything from like, it include American English, British English, uh, Latin American Spanish, European Spanish, oh, French Canadian, European French, German, which is just European German, uh, uh, Portuguese, or like Brazilian Portuguese, European Portuguese, like you'd go through all these languages and it was really fun and it's really interesting. Uh, it's what, it's, yeah, it's just because of regionalism. Yeah. And it's often misunderstood on the internet. A lot of people on the internet think of localization the way that it was in like 1980 when either Japanese people took an English dictionary and made a bad translation or American companies would like buy the rights to like an anime and they would just 
redub it with whatever they wrote. You know what I mean? Like they would just <laughs> yeah. rewrite it. Oh, no, no. It. Yeah, we've all seen this. Right. We've all seen this in both sides and, and it's always hilarious and unfortunate. It's a Godzilla movie with the, with the, with the dubbing. Exactly. And you're like, it's, doesn't, they don't mean that is what you want to yell at the, the <laughs> television. <laughs> but the crazy thing now is a lot of people online will be like, oh, you guys are like censoring the game. It's like, no, the, the the people we're making the game with are our bosses. They right. know about all the changes. Right. They got nuance. They got if there's a metaphor, they right. explained it to us exactly. Right. And and also most of you know most developers speak English as a re, like reasonably well as a second language. Yeah. So like you know there'd be times when you make a change, they'd be like, hey, we noticed this change. Why'd you change this? And a lot of it isn't about like grammar. It's just about like idioms. You know, like yeah. Um. And I think that one of the hard things is you'll have fans who who kind of especially very very hardcore fans who want it to be exactly the way it is in Japanese. But idiomatically, every language is different. So, like, something that sounds very normal in our English can sound very weird or awkward in another language. Just like in another language, if you do a direct translation, it's sort of, like, repetitive or redundant. Or you're like, I don't understand why you'd phrase it that way. Not even grammatically. Right. Like, you know, in, like, in a lot of video games, uh, there would be a lot of what in English would sound like redundancy. Where someone would say, this is sort of a rough example, but it would be like, welcome to our town. This is the town where we live. Our town is where we live. Welcome to that town. And, like... <laughs> If you hear that in English, you're like, that sounds crazy. Right. And too, you just too many times with the town. Exactly. Yeah. And in another language, it might sound like, well, yeah, that's you're supposed to give a bunch of information and yeah. then you move off that topic. Right. Um, so it's, so in English, in, in American English, it could just be welcome to town. Well, yeah. Welcome. to But you still have to fill that space. So you'd be like, welcome to town. You know, if you're interested in anything, please go to the end. You know, like you oh, have right. to like find a way to still fill that space. Oh, right. Oh, so like, oh, when you walk into. Right. All right, Final Fantasy Legend 2, for example. Exactly. And so when you walk into town, there is a bit of a, a long... Uh, right. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay. And um, and it's just like, the you know, and there'd also be things like, you know, you'd have a character who, you know, my translator would be like, okay, he's sort of got like a rough and tumble accent, you know, and in the Japanese audience, they would know exactly like what region of Tokyo that was from. He was from like a rough side of town. And you're like, okay, what is... Do I give him like a Brooklyn accent or is there like a way to give him like an accent? Right, from Southie. Exactly. But exactly where you're like, okay, what is like the American English equivalent? And then like the British translator might take that somewhere else entirely too, just because, you know, their idea of a rough and tumble accent is different from our idea of a rough and tumble right, accent. Right, right. Um, so that was, that was a lot of what the job was. Um, but it was a lot of fun because you get to like work on a game and you get to like keep playing it. It's also, um, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of work, but it's not like, you know, it's not like programming where you have to like get like into the guts or like playtesting. Right, exactly. Yeah, we're playtesting. You just play the same thing over and over again, hoping to trip a bug. Right, exactly. You're replaying it and re-listening to it, so you're. It's like Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yeah, where you're watching a movie a hundred times, yeah. trying to find the one joke on that one foot that you saw right there. Exactly, and I <laughs> and I got to work on a funny game. I got to work on a game called Kid Icarus Uprising, which was a Nintendo 3DS game, and. Kiddick? Kiddick. How, how do you spell Kiddick? Kid Icarus. It was uh, K-I-D space. Oh, Icarus. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's Kid Ick. What's it called? Kid Icarus Uprising. So Kid Icarus colon Uprising. Nice. And when we were, when we were, it was me and another, uh, it was like two teams of translators. It was like, like me and my translator, then uh, a woman who worked at the company and her translator. And we were like a team of four working on it. And it was really fun because you got to like, write jokes for a game. And that's why they wanted us to do. They were like, we want you to write jokes that make sense to your audience. Okay. Um, and, and like, you know, we were the localization group should definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And like, you know, they would like, and it was cool. We also got to work with the developer of the game was a guy named Masahiro Sakurai who does the smash brothers games. Okay. And he is, and he's insane, but he's a, he's a genius. He's not, he's not mean insane. He's just like, he like, broke his hand working on the game because he played it so much. Like, he's, oh. like, that level of dedication insane. Right, right. Like, he's a great dude. It's just, like, you're like, wow, you are, you are in this. You are, yeah. Yeah, by definite, what's his name? Masahiro Sakurai. Okay. Uh, and he wow. did, he made Smash Brothers, which is a much more famous creation. Right, right. It's, uh, um... Yes, yeah. it's a, there, there's a story. It's a personal story. I will try to, <laughs> I'll tell you guys after. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Rangers. Uh, it's, it's the equivalent of the Jackie and Laurie show me passing a note around. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, yeah. So, um, okay. So I've owned, um, the, the old gray brick. Yeah. And, uh, and then I had a Game Boy, the clamshell. Yeah. Uh, the DS? The DS. Yeah. And then, um, 
And then I had the one with uh, that's longer. The Switch? Uh, two screens, dual screen. Oh, the uh, 3DS. 3DS. Yeah. yeah, then I had that. And uh, and I I only want to play like link based games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do also like fort building games. I like yeah. those games where where you have to you have to create the. There's a there's a, a a game on Facebook that they keep suggesting yeah. that to call Game of War. Game oh yeah, of yeah, War. yeah. Game of War. And Game of War is essentially uh there's just an inexorable tide of soldiers yeah. that you have to build up farms and barracks and 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 things to shoot them with. Yeah. Shoot at them with. And it's um and I I, I keep playing the sample round when I when I turn it turn down. Yeah. And I there's part of me that just wants to download it, but I've been playing the same game for five years and the, and the game designer team, it's called criminal criminal case. Yes. Rangers. I'm still playing criminal case <laughs> five years later. I've given them dime none. Right. And I feel bad, but Andy's told me, cause my husband's a game designer. He yeah. says, once you spend any money, uh, do any in-game purchasing, it changes the algorithm. Yeah. And it makes the game slightly harder. So to encourage, uh, more spending. Yeah. And, uh, and I used to feel bad about it. Then Andy was watching me play it one time and he's like, Oh, they're fine. There's ads all over this yeah. game. They're not, they're making plenty of money. You're fine. Yeah. And, um, but the, what you were talking about the localization thing. Yeah. The team that makes this game is a, a very small team, French in mm-hmm. Paris. And, um, I picture six guys in their mid to late twenties, uh, because yeah. it is both super emo. And super broy at the same time. Yeah, that's it. Is they are humans? It turns <laughs> out these young men, these young men right. are both. They like the ladies, right? Uh, and they don't know anything a lot about America, uh, but they are supportive. Uh, <laughs> but they also think. Chicks are great, man. <laughs> I feel like that's game design 101 is like being emo yet broy. Yeah. And so uh, Andy says that when, whenever, cause he's in game design, right. and he works with these guys and he said, you know, it's so interesting. All the new young guys, those are the guys that used to beat me up in high school and junior right. high. And yet I am not intimidated by them cause I worked at Sega. Yeah. So I get to not be intimidated, but I feel bad for the real nerds who are in here. Oh yeah. Who are 22, 23 years old and they don't have any social skills and you know, you got to deal with this haircut, you know, who's right. just in their face. And, uh, so it's Silicon Valley. <laughs> it's, it's Silicon Valley where yeah. it's like bros have taken over. I think that's why there's so many like, you, you get so many people who are like mad at, like people who like video games who get very mad about them. Cause I feel like it used to be such like an exclusive thing where it's like, this is mine. I don't have anything else, <laughs> but I have this. And then right. other people are like, Oh, I like that too. And now it's like, Oh crap. The people who I hate also like what also, I like. And so, and, and there's, and hopefully they're not going to be mean to me right. while I do the thing I like. Right. And some people like, you know, and like, you know, uh, if, if we've all been victimized in one way or another, right. right. Um, I would not, I would not be obsessed with a form of entertainment that whisks me away to another world if I didn't have some damage on me. <laughs> right, something that I, you were hiding from something. <laughs> but, you know, so, but I think like some people, like it's almost turned some people like almost, um, preemptively like mean. Like it's been like, okay, they're, they, they hate, like it's almost like the people I hate are here and I know they hate me, so I'm gonna be mean to them first. Right, which is so weird right. because bros can be taught to. Right. Right. I mean, they can, they, they'll chill out. It'll be fine. Let it be inclusive and it won't matter. Also, like no amount of being mean is gonna stop like NFL players from getting a Wolverine tattoo. Like that, that door <laughs> isn't being closed. You know what I mean? Because a tattoo artist needs to make money. The tattoo artist needs to make money, and like even if he can throw a football, he might like Wolverine. Right. And he you likes can't Wolverine. take it. Right. He might get a Princess Leia, David Bowie, um, right. <laughs> rebel, rebel tattoo, and you, there's nothing you could do about it. And I also think that like, especially, cause I'm, you know, and whenever you say you're a gamer publicly, other gamers try to find ways that you're not actually a gamer. Uh, and it, right. And it, it gets bad if you're a super pretty lady. Right. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, let the pretty lady like video games. She's got a brain inside there. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, 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 but it happens at all levels. So it's happening to you too. Oh, right? it's definitely happened to me where people have been like, <laughs> there was one time I was like, uh, I forget what it was. I get into stupid political arguments too much on Twitter and that's my fault and I'm annoying. Um, but <laughs> one guy, he was basically this like weird. Uh, hi, pot. <laughs> it's, it's the kettle. <laughs> it's, and there's this one guy who's like this weird like white supremacist. Like you, there's a lot of white supremacists who love anime, which is its own thing to unpack. Um, but like he was like, he was like, I bet you don't like, I was, he was saying something about like Japan and like that's not how Japanese do it. And I was like, I know you're wrong. 
I know you're wrong because I worked for a Japanese company with Japanese people every day. And I know you, and he goes, I bet you don't even know a Japanese person. And I was like, here, I could give you a list. Here's my resume. Right. But it seems slightly racist to give you a list of Japanese uh, people I know. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's so, you know, it's this weird, I think, environment at times where it's sort of like, you know, especially as a gamer, you sort of, I think, grow up feeling like there's, a balance to life. Like, okay, I might not be athletic, but I'm smart. Or like, right. I might not be, you know, the best, I might not be the, the best looking person, but I know that I can do this and that makes up I'm for that. I'm funny. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm, then I think when you find out that like, not all people have like, like, like life isn't a character sheet where everyone has the same point distribution. It makes you very mad because <laughs> right. it feels unfair. Right. It can make you super mad to see that, like the, the punt guy, the punter guy from, um, yeah, that guy. Yeah, Chris, I know Chris Clue, Cluey. Cluey. Yeah, that's Cluey. it. Yeah. So he's an amazing athlete, and yeah. he's also he seems super nice. He's super nice, and he's also giant nerd in, yeah. in video games. Same with Aisha Tyler. Yeah, Aisha Tyler was a damn supermodel, and she will take your ass to town right. on a MM multiplayer. And yeah, and so and people and I I have a podcast called The Dork Forest, so people are consistently asking me about dorkdoms that are not my own. Right, and. Luckily, I am strong enough in my sense of self that uh, I don't care if you think I'm an idiot. Right. Because I, that's not, I don't have a horse in that race. Yeah. Uh, I know that I'm smart about some things and not smart about other things. Yeah. And, and, and feel free. And, and I, and I can accept the lecture series, uh, if you want to tell me, like I just did an episode, uh, with a very funny, uh, young comic named Sal Kalani. Mm-hmm. And he, um, talked about Jimi Hendrix and he mentioned Eric Clapton. Yeah. And I was like, now who's Eric Clapton again? Right. So I don't know who Eric Clapton is. Yeah. I know if you played an Eric Clapton song and later, uh, I think it was Andy was like, he was in cream. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. And <laughs> you can keep saying things and I won't right, get it. Those are words. <laughs> don't give me those clues. Are, right. Those are, those are clues to other things I don't know anything about. But I, I'm happy that you like the thing. Right. I'm happy you like everything except Nazis. Right. right? And, right? If your thing is the Klan, I am not pro that. Right. We cannot discuss. I'm out. I'm out. If, uh, yeah. And, and I'm a huge fan of letting other people, you know, that's what this podcast is yeah. about. Let, Fly your freak flag, and if it happens to be Hot Wheels, I don't give Great. a damn about Hot Wheels. But I, I am psyched to know that you love them. Right. Well, I think I think my two my two issues I've dealt with recently. I think in in the idea of nerd culture as a concept. One, the whole concept as like there's a pan nerd culture. I think is unfair. You know, because you have these representations of people like us in media, which is also stupid to say, like representations of me, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. Where it's like where you see like there's like sitcoms where there's a nerdy character who knows everything about every nerdy thing. Which is always like, like, they'll be like, I know everything about Star Wars and everything about Star Trek and everything about Doctor Who. And I know there are people like that, but I feel like, you know, you tend to have like individual deep slices. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, someone who knows everything about those three things also doesn't know everything about Cthulhu. Right. Exactly. Because you can't. Right. There's, yeah. There's also dumbass nerds. So like, right. like it's always like, it's like just because you like Cthulhu, like I love Cthulhu, but I'm also dumb as shit at a lot of stuff. Right. Like, it doesn't mean that like I'm like, you know, like, it and does- just because he wrote in the twenties doesn't mean you know everything about the twenties, right? Or you're a physics professor just because, <laughs> like, you happen to like Star Trek. It's like, no, no, that's not how that has to be, right? I actually have no sense of direction. Exactly. Yet I love the idea of the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> I would die. I would die if I had to go back in time and go camping. No, um, oh, oh no, I, I was talking. I went to the. Uh, I was talking about that on stage recently. I went to the Renaissance Fair, and like, I realized that there was no role I have in the past. <laughs> Because we lie to ourselves so much. Like, you watch Game of Thrones, or you watch, like, you know, or, like, Walking Dead, where you're, like, in either uh, an apocalypse or in, like, the past, like, you, we tell ourselves we would be great. Right. And there was, like, a bow and arrow thing, and I tried it, and literally the arrow just fell out. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, there, if I was in the Hunger Games, I would just die. Right. You know? Right. right. If you had been chosen from from your group, that's why out. it's random. Yeah. So that we could show up and be killed immediately. <laughs> We are definitely like the the faces that appear on the screen very briefly. Very briefly. Very briefly. It was great. It was an under five. <laughs> and, uh... Nobody's putting money on us. Right. Um, but you tell your you like lie to yourself about that. Like like you're like you hope that you would rise to the occasion. Right. And um, 
Maybe I would rise to other occasions, like if yeah. I were forced to write a paper. Sure, I yeah. might rise to that occasion. Writing well, a paper, I can do. Watch that. Yeah. Watch this happen. And right. except for in college, of course, uh, twenty four hours before it's due, me scrambling like a crazy person. <laughs> so, um, so what? Uh, so, so you've had? So do you have? So we haven't even talked about yeah. the Nintendo games that you are currently playing. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, I got the Nintendo Switch, which is oh, okay. such a wonderful system. Oh really? It's it's so especially for someone like you, Jackie, where you're traveling a lot. It is because what do you know what it is? Well, Aldrin has told me about it, yeah. and and he's like, it is great, it is great. And yeah. then, uh, w- could Andy and I use the same system? You could use the same system. You uh, have to buy it twice, though, right? Well, it depends. Like, it works as a console, but then like, so it's like a little dock that you put like the the, the main system into, and then you can play on your TV like it's a normal system, like a PlayStation, GameCube, whatever. But then. Let's say you're going on the road and you're in the middle of a game of Zelda. You can just take the system with you and it becomes a portable. Okay. Do I unplug the whole thing or just take the? You just lift the, it out. It's almost oh. like taking. It's almost like you know taking those, the like, Game Boy out. It, well, you, yeah, like you know those old like like iPod docks. Yeah. Where it'd be in, it's almost like that with a game system. Okay. Well, and, they because they have iPod docks in the hotel room now. Yeah. Where you can play any music from your iPod. Right. Out of the out of the. The clock. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's like that. It's like that. And you just take it with you and you just play it somewhere else. And it's so convenient. And it's so it, – it, it has this old feeling to it where, like, you take it out and people are excited. Like, I've been on – you know, I've, like, you know, hung out with people and we've been at a bar and I've just taken it out. And the, also the cool thing is the controllers come off it and they can turn into two little controllers. What? So, like, you can, like, have it out. And, like, the normal thing you have, like, you know, you're holding it on the side like this. I'm – gesturing on an audio only podcast right but <laughs> so there's like controls on the sides of it but then you can remove them and they become tiny controllers so you can play like mario kart with someone or like a fighting game oh you can split it into a two-person yeah oh my gosh it's so cool it's so much fun um and, and are the and are the cartridges small the cartridges are tiny but there's also you can also do downloadable okay and the are the cartridges can i use anything from my old systems unfortunately no uh not at this time they make you buy new stuff of course uh that's their classic right they it's almost like iphone learned from nintendo yeah yeah it's almost like there was a model there's there's Uh, a model for making you buy new stuff every year yeah all right so but it does sound amazing so what are what are the fun games you're playing on the switch uh legends of zelda breath breath wow legend of zelda breath of the wild great yeah that's the reason that's the reason yeah uh, the Mario Kart 8, even though they had it on the Wii U, the new version's better. It has more characters. The battle mode's more fun. The online's more robust. Um, there's... How, well, how big is... The, let's... I just want to yeah. talk about Zelda. Uh, <laughs> how big is it? Is it big? It is... I put maybe 50 hours into it and feel like I've only seen maybe like a, a quarter of the game. Wow. So you... Like, have you played it through and then gone back and playing it again? I still haven't beat it because I'm trying to like make my way around the map. The cool thing about it is... To beat the game, you don't need to do that much. And, but so there's, you could play through it once and you, then go back. Yeah, exactly. And there's so much to do and there's so much to find. And it has this very, you know, a lot of open world games, the problem with them is that you can go anywhere, but there's not much to do. Right. Like you can wander through a forest, but nothing's happening. Right. <laughs> and with this game, they figured out a way to make it like just filled with secrets. So you'll stumble across things like you'll stumble, stumble across a village that has nothing to do with the main game. You don't have to go there. But you stumble across it and you're like, oh, I've just found this thing. And it gives you a very good sense of, like, childhood wonder. Like, when you'd, like, wander through, like, you know, a, a park as a kid and you'd, like, find, like, a, a rock. And you'd be like, there's no reason for me to have this, but look what I found. It's a cool stick. It's a cool stick. Yeah. It's and a, it, Look how straight it is. It could be, like, <laughs> a staff. It could be a spear. It right. could be, if it's too little, it could be an arrow. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and it's like that? It's like that. And, like, like you'll ask Are people, you given a task in town if you want one? If you want one, yeah. There's, like, quests and side quests. And also, some people just, like, mess around. Um, there's like a cooking element where you discover new recipes. It's <laughs> really good. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. It's really fun. And it's really like... And How it, much is the Switch? The Switch, I think, is 300 Oh, that's that's not bad. It's not bad. No, it's, no. It's, it's definitely... It surprised me with how much I like it. Because even though I'm a big Nintendo fanboy, and I definitely like wear that fanboy on my shoulder, I also have like an Xbox and a PlayStation 4. So I'm not like, you know... I'm I'm very loyal to Nintendo, but nor am I like this is the only thing I buy and this is the only thing I care about. Like right. if it sucked, I wouldn't take it with me everywhere. No, no, you would you would just be you would have supported it and called it a day. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, one of the things when I moved in with Andy, I was like, because he has all the consoles. Yeah. I've only had Game Boys. Yeah, because. Um, it's bad enough as it is. Uh, <laughs> like productivity is down with freaking criminal case. Of course. So. 
about yeah. uh, not to spe- not to mention Facebook and Twitter. Right. But um, but there's part of me that thinks the switch would be a better use of my time than Facebook and Twitter. Probably. So uh, yeah, I well, support that. Yeah, you you would. I love, <laughs> I love that about you. So uh, it's called Breath of the Wild. Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Okay. All right then. Uh, <laughs> you should get it. You should get it. I totally get it. And uh, um. Yeah, because right now we're we're in board game mode yeah. uh, around the house, so uh, there's a lot of that happening. And um, so, okay, wait, um, we only have, I mean, literally, yeah, yeah, we have uh, ten minutes left, so may- maybe we talk briefly about your love of HG Wells. Okay, so I'll I'll, I'll be super quick with HG Wells. What I love about HG Wells, the author, um, is he created many of the science fiction tropes that we now just take for granted. Yeah, like War of the World. If you look at War of the Worlds. It's kind of like everyone knows of it as kind of like this cliche, all right, Martians come. But it was the first modern alien invasion story. And what's interesting about it is it's told – first of all, it's like uh, the the perspective it's told from is basically just this reporter who's reporting on it. It's not like this global scale type deal. Like it's almost like if you lived in your town and had a blog about an alien invasion, that's the equivalent of War of the Worlds. So it's an interesting storytelling style, but it's also all of the elements that we now think of as standard for alien invasions like – they look weird and they have tentacles. They don't look very human-like. It's all technology. Like, in the past, there would be, like, invasion-y type stories that people – like, there's a lot of, like, ancient aliens, people who are like, look at this ancient Hindu story. And it's definitely about an alien invasion. And really, it's like, okay, the gods came to Earth and there was a fight. And you're right. like, okay, that's kind of – I guess you could, like, put a postmodern look on it and make it aliens. Right, because people also fought. Right, exactly. Uh, so, But this is the first one where it's like, they are they – are, Clearly not us. They're clearly not us, but they're also not spiritual. They're like, you know, clearly... Oh, not gods. Right, exactly. Okay. So, like, in the story, it's like, these are Martians. But they look like, you know, they're like these, like, floppy red tentacle things that look like if you put it in a movie now, you'd be like, oh, it's an alien. Right. You know, like, they look like an alien, and, like, the idea of it, like, them coming to Earth to steal resources is something that we still use as a cliche in alien invasion movies. Right. Um, it the, seems it was, seems the smartest reason for them to come, right? I mean, that's why we went to Africa, right, for right. resources. Yeah, that's um, why white people do, were like, "Oh, we're gonna steal all your stuff." And a lot of people say that a lot of like, I went to grad school for English lit, so I have to be an asshole about everything. Well, okay, but, so let's let's so oh, yeah. War of the Worlds. Yeah, War of the Worlds. How many how many books did he write? Oh, he wrote a ton of them. A lot. Some aren't that great. What, some what are, are the really couple good. of famous ones? Uh, the Time Machine. That's also invented modern time machines. That's the one I read. Yeah. I haven't I haven't read War of the Worlds. I think I only saw the movie. The movie's good. There's also a 1970s uh, prog rock musical based on War of the Worlds, which is very corny, but a lot of fun. Okay. Um, uh, okay. So uh, you studied, and so you uh, would like to hold forth uh, with your degree. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. So a lot of uh, – there's, there's an interesting critical analysis of, analysis, analysis of War of the Worlds where – you know, it came out, I think, 18, I want to say 1892, but I could be off on the year. But it came out right as the mechanization of war was becoming a thing. And we were, you know, their Great Britain was becoming the United Kingdom and it was taking over, you know, territories in India and in Africa. I mean, it already had a presence there, but it was starting to be this weird imbalance where you'd have these mechanized societies like Great Britain with like steamships coming to these countries that had nothing. And like there was an imbalance of power. And it was the industrialization. It was the industrialization. Yeah. And so a lot of people sort of see War of the Worlds as not – maybe not a commentary on it or a criticism of it or sort of an observation of that from a different angle where what if the way that we that the way that we view these like other cultures that we're invading with this superior technology and killing off, what if we had the same thing happen to us? Right. I've always thought that that's what it was about. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure I was taught that in some English class. Of course, of course. Yeah. Plus, I always think that whenever I pet like an eel at the aquarium, yeah. I'm like, how would I like it if a giant hand reached out of the sky and patted me? Exactly. I wouldn't like it. Um, so, it's, so it's this really interesting story. And like the whole ending about like bacteria killing them off is also an interesting thing considering germ theory was very new. Oh, interesting. You know, I have never read it. Yeah. Oh, okay. so the end. So spoiler alert. Sorry spoiler to alert spoiler like 120 year book. Yes. Um, the, the ending of it is that the Martians were winning. Right. Like they won. And then uh, what they didn't account for was a bacteria on Earth invading their bodies. So the Martians just get sick and die. Oh, my God. Which is kind of like That's, you know, that 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 sounds real, too. Yeah. So and it was and again, like you have like, you know, we people going to these other countries and getting malaria and like. Like getting fought back by the natural order of things versus the 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 people, right? Um, 
Right, the land killing them instead of exactly instead of the people. It's like the people have already dealt with all of their the jungle rot, right? And winter, uh, you don't know how to deal with those things, so you die, right? Right. When anyone fights the Russians, when anyone goes into Vietnam, exactly. Yeah, this type of thing. Okay. Um, and so, uh, so it's very interesting from all these angles of like how innovative it was as a novel. Because again, it's like 1890s, and a lot of the things we think of as like very steampunky are very H.G. Wells. Like, the idea of building a time machine in Victorian England. The idea of building, <laughs> you know, of the, like, you know, the Martian fighting machines were these, like, mechanized... They weren't flying saucers. They were, like, these walking tripods on these weird metal legs. Like, things that are all very steampunky. Yeah. Um, he also did The Invisible Man, which is, like, you know... Did he? Yeah. Which is kind of, like, again, fallen out of, like, pop culture canon, but it's still, like, one of, like, the, the universal monsters is The Invisible Man. That was right, just a boogeyman that was like right. that, that you can't see and kills you. Um, and what, what was the Invisible Man? Wait, if I remember correctly, yeah, he was a scientist. Yeah, he became invisible. Yeah, it drove him mad. Exactly, and then he started killing people. Yep. Okay, and and it's freaky to think of like this invisible threat. Oh, it is freaky, and uh, I don't know. Do you think it's fair for me to ask how that one ends? Uh, uh, I actually alert? forget how that ends. I okay. think he dies. It's been a that one I haven't read in a long time. Right, right. I think he dies. Um, and the time machine, time machine one was the one that I read because he goes. Doesn't he go through time and space? He he goes through. I think he just goes through time, but uh, he might go through like locations. But I think he just goes through like time on Earth. He doesn't go into like outer space. Okay, because I remember being confused by it. I should try right. to read these again because of how they're really good and they're still very readable. Oh yeah, and and they're not long. No, they're super they are, short. They are pulp length, so they're like a buck eighty, two twenty, right? Yeah. I, th I think like they're also public domain, so you can probably just get them on like Kindle for free. If oh right, you, if you if you don't want to have to, if you like Kindle, right? Yeah, if, if you like Kindle, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but I could also go to the Iliad bookstore, and they're probably a nickel. Yeah. Oh, and then, totally. And then I sell them back. Yeah. So it's more of a lend lease program, me and the <laughs> Iliad. <laughs> so. Uh, wow, this has uh, been fascinating. Every topic, Mike Drucker. Thank you. This was a totally of impulse, too. We were just sitting in the green room. Yeah, we're like, like, let's do it. You want to do it? I'm glad I did. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much. It was okay. So, you guys, Rangers, uh, it is uh, Mike Drucker, mm -hmm. and it's at Mike Drucker, and it's at Mike Drucker is dead on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But it's just MikeDrucker.com will lead you to all things Mike Drucker. Yep. Thank you so much for doing the show. Of course. And, Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?